Please kill me. Give me the sweet sleep. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Do you want to hear about the dream I had about you last night? Yes. So, you and I were in, um, I don't know what city it was, but it was a dark night, dark rainy night in an American city. I would say a, a medium-sized American city. It wasn't to New York. And um, we were supposed to go to this, uh, we're supposed to meet at this party. In, in the dream, you, you had some kind of restaurant. I think it was a pizza place. Um, and uh, we uh, came up to the door of the pizza place, and it's there was a sign on the door that said, uh, closed for, for private party. And, uh, of course, I, you, I was with you, and it was your place. But they wouldn't let us in. And then through the window, I saw that you were also in there preventing us from, from, coming, from coming to the party. So then you said, ah, fuck that place. We'll go to the Armenian pastry shop. Was I toggling back and forth between being with you and being inside, or was I fully doubled? You were, you were fully doubled. Okay. And you didn't, it was not a thing. It was not a big deal. Uh, you didn't even seem to notice that it was you who was preventing you from going inside. So it put you in a, it seemed to put you in a, in a state, though. And so we went, we got to the Armenian pastry shop, and um, it was the most visually cluttered uh, place I've ever been in my even in my uh, imagination. Mm-hmm. All the w- walls were covered with wallpaper that had little photos of the pastries, and then mm-hmm. the tabletops were, you know, were had sticky like contact paper on them, and also had the same pattern as the wallpaper of hundreds of tiny photos of the pastries. And then the menu also had the photos of the pastries. And then there were pastry cases that had the actual pastries in them. So everything was, everything was um, you know, light to medium brown. And the uh, Armenian baker came up to us and said, uh, what do you have? And you were, you were just a dick. You, you were, um, you were really dismissive and you kept, you'd, well, point- he was a, he was a competitor. I mean, if, cause it- because if we went there next, that means it was within walking distance of my restaurant. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we probably had a deep, a, a deep hatred, <laughs> abiding hatred, probably rooted in the genocide. Yeah, and no doubt, no doubt. This that the the pain lasts for generations. Um, but yep. you were to, you were pointing at each menu item, and you were saying, <laughs> "Why don't you tell me about? Why don't you, why don't you tell me about this cliche?" <laughs> over and over. Why don't you tell me about this cliche? <laughs> <laughs> did we order anything uh i woke up that was it that was it yeah, yeah. <laughs> fantastic dream thank you I, I i woke up i was like this is perfect my subconscious is even though i'm not prepared at all for my my conscious mind isn't prepared for the podcast at all my subconscious was working busily away um what sort of pastries did it do they seem to be were they uh uh, filled pastries, uh, crinkly, <coughs> sugary pastries, <laughs> it was, <coughs> twists. It was pretty. Stingers. It's pretty much all turnovers. <laughs> just, just, just oh, turnovers. A bunch of fucking turnovers. <laughs> Goddamn Armenian turnovers. <laughs> One after the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, you are well, in. A, you're I, in. A, you're in a new location. It looks like. 
I'm just down the street from the Armenian pastry shop. <laughs> We're in the Armenian quarter of Brush Prairie, Washington. <laughs> so I've never heard of Brush Prairie, Washington. It's uh, Vancouver, Washington, um, where it starts to crumble towards the east, um, but not yet fully uh, disintegrated into the small town of Battleground, Washington. Oh, wow. Five miles to the north. And if you continue going further east, you would end up in um, Kamas, Kamas, uh, and then eventually in Washougal. Mm-hmm. I hope to never, I don't I have to commit any of these names to memory because <laughs> our residency in in Vancouver, I think, will be brief. Really? But I mean, we, well, our plan is we're going to, we have a six month lease of this apartment. Yeah. Um, at the conclusion of which we should, in, in theory, we will have bought a house somewhere. Maybe it'll be on the Washington side, but I don't think it will be, um, we'll be investing in the uh, reflections in the park. Um, Apartment complex. <laughs> is that where you're living? <laughs> yeah. It's between Prairie High School and a recycling transfer center. <laughs> and the Brush Prairie Cemetery and the Brush Prairie Square Dancing Club. Uh, which oh. I think turns into the cafeteria when they're during the Vancouver Rodeo, which is coming up in July. Oh, that's very convenient. You're, <clears throat> you'll be there for that. I might. Yeah. I might just, but so I'm in this, uh, this gated apartment community. Um, all the cars are, it looks like a, a well-kept used car lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the cars are all nice, nice, clean, well-kept 10 year old cars. Yeah. Uh, um, the only time I see any of my neighbors is when they're out smoking uh, in which the, the the appropriate way to smoke here is to go out and lean against your car, which is parked. Um, everyone is allotted one covered space. And there's enough space between the end of your car and the <clears throat> beginning of the carport for one smoker to recline um, <laughs> adequately in a, in a light rainstorm. <laughs> By design? I think by design. Yeah. So you um, you should take up uh, you should take up the pipe again. Go go out there with your with your pipe. These don't seem to be uh, the sort of smoke cigarette smokers who would talk to somebody smoking a pipe. <laughs> that was that's what I was imagining. I think they would associate it with their attorney or parole officer or yeah. <laughs> bad father or something. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. These don't seem to be thoughtful, reflective smokers. These are ner- nervous and furtive smokers. <clears throat> You've got a cough. I, I, it's from this coffee cake. <laughs> That's a lot of coffee cake. Which I, I just started having a little bit of, and it immediately crumbled in my throat. Yeah. We have uh, a, a number of baked goods here at the house that have been brought to us by relatives uh, so that we'd have something to eat as we moved. Good. Like, that's something I'm going to neglect. <laughs> You're going to forget to eat. <laughs> and forgot to eat. Yeah. Barely recognize him. Uh, but the new place has a, you know, moving into a new place is fun. This is, uh, it's, uh, this place is okay. <clears throat> and uh, it's got a nice little kitchen. We do a lot of cooking, I think. Yeah. 
Oh, are you are uh, you podcasting from the kitchen again? The <laughs> the computer is sitting on the counter. All right, but it's it's I'm sitting what I would call the dining room. All right, that's the, my toes are on the carpet. <laughs> but if I move them a little bit, they're on the tile. <laughs> it's very now much on the carpet. Now they're on the tile. Now they're on the carpet. Now they're on the tile. It's it's the uh, the the uh, Oregon Washington border writ small. Yeah, it's the Kansas Nebraska Act. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a, yeah. there are a lot of Ukrainians here. Yeah, there seem to be a lot of kids, which is which will be good. Today is my son Oscar's third birthday. Happy birthday, Oscar! <laughs> which why did I have good? him down from May first in my head? You think he's a communist? <laughs> no, that was my that was my grandfather's birthday, but I don't know why I would associate him with Oscar. Or some sort of flower baby. <laughs> That's right. He's a little uh, hippie. Yeah. No, April 26th. And he is uh, going to celebrate it this afternoon with a Octonauts-themed birthday. Really? What is that? The Octonauts. I don't know who you, they are. Are you not familiar? Your children are too old for the Octonauts. Yeah. The Octonauts are eight fearless undersea adventurers who go around <laughs> in the octopod. Uh, rescuing and protecting undersea life. Not to be confused uh, with the Roland Octopad. The, the, no. The drum, the drum, the drum, drum triggers. Yeah. The drum, yeah. No. The music is pretty good. Um, good. The intro is, is intrepid. Uh, it's summed up with a creature report, uh, which goes, <laughs> creature report, creature report, creature report. Now we're done with our mission. Octopods at ease until the next adventure. And there's a dance break. <laughs> Whatever animal they're, they've been talking about is explained in a little quatrain, um, the things that it does. And then the vegemals, which are half animal, half vegetable, like yeah. tuna and tomamo, uh, do a little dance break. Is um, there a backstory involving a, a, a cruel genetic <clears throat> experiment? There, I, I often wonder about the history because one of the octonauts is uh, I can't remember his name, but he's a an octopus. Yeah, um, and he's a professorly type. He's very donnish, um, and he seems to have assembled the octonauts. <clears throat> oh, he mostly just sits and reads. <clears throat> seems older. I have the sense that this group of octonauts is not the first group of octonauts that he has assembled. Um, <laughs> It's sort of like it's like starting the Star Trek series with Deep Space Nine, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's like me and my graduate students. Yeah, but so there's Captain Barnacles, who's a polar bear. There's Quasi, who I think is a cat. Peso, who is a, the medic, and he speaks in a um, Latin American accent, maybe a Chilean accent, and uh, actually that would make sense as a penguin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he always has his because, because back. Because everything else on this series is so logical. Yeah. It would be natural that a penguin couldn't possibly speak with a Chilean accent. Yeah, there's Peso, Barnacles, Quasi, Tunip. Mm. Uh, there's a pirate cat uh, who's tamed his pirate instincts in order to help. Um, good he's, very, he's a very chaotic good type. Um, yeah, Octonauts. Uh, it's uh, created by this these two art, uh, graphic designers in Vancouver, 
BC, um, who also created the, uh, the the icon the icons and so Octonauts themed birthday party. Very good. Uh, is that today? Today, birthday party, second day in the apartment. Yeah. So you, it, it, Oscar, already has friends to invite. Uh, I've got some high school friends who live here, mm-hmm. who have kids about the same age. Oh, so they'll, they'll be coming. Other than that, it's all. Um, I do know other people with kids, but um, didn't didn't invite uh, too many. It's mostly just family. There's the old rule that um, we pretended that we were going to follow and then didn't, which was uh, children's birthday party should have the number of guests equivalent to the number of years that the child is now has now aged. So three years old, you have three friends over. Four, you have four friends over. Does that mean <clears throat> three friends that child's age, or is that everybody that's invited? For th- everybody that's invited. Well, I mean, not not counting the parents. Okay, not counting parents. No, because parents aren't people, John. Yeah, no, they're people, children, peers. So we, yeah, dehumanized parents is how we end up with genocide. <laughs> Which brings us back to the pastry shop. This is too. Uh, this is too early to complete the circle. We're only fifteen minutes in. There was a computer glitch. Who knows how much time passed? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, what other exciting things? So it's been a couple of weeks since we spoke. Last we saw each other was yeah. at the Associated Writing Programs Conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't see the last couple of days of, or the last little bit of. No, you got you got good and Copper Canyoned up. I did. I got split from the Okie Panky herd. Yeah. Over to um, to Grumpy's. <laughs> crowded bar to play banjo. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't go to Grumpy's. I was I I was a little bit sick. And it was by too the, crowded. By the time I hit the airplane, I was super sick, and I brought it home to my family too. But I ended up uh, I ended up staying near the conference center and hung out in the basement of an art gallery with the um, submittable team from Missoula. Oh Fitzgerald. Yeah, I don't. I didn't actually meet any of the submittable people, even though I've corresponded with oh. some of them. Uh, because of the magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up in a little crowd with uh, uh, Halima and Ben and Lincoln from Electric Literature, who I've known for a while, um, but got to know better on this trip, which was Very great. Good. They're wonderful good. people, and uh, that is our apparent publication. for Right, and I got to meet them. Yeah, you've never met them. So, um, uh, delightful people. Yeah, and then uh, this guy, uh, Johnny Diamonds, uh, the man with the best name ever, who runs. Were you shooting pool with Johnny Diamonds? <laughs> I was not. Or were you playing have. a card game? He was sh- introducing you to <laughs> a Canadian variant. <laughs> um, he runs uh, the oh shit. What's it called? Not the the Lit Hub. That new website that's sort of an uh, amalgamator of literary uh, bits and bobs, um, which is pretty good. And seems to have a, a strong Twitter presence, and I like him. And a woman named Jennifer Acker, who is an editor of some other stuff. I can't remember which magazine, but um, I think I've met her before. But anyway, uh, and Halima said, everyone should tell jokes. <clears throat> ah, very good. What's your favorite joke? 
and it quickly turned into um it quickly turned into what is your favorite joke that you can't remember <laughs> and then try to tell it anyway get, get some fragments of it yeah and it was uh a, it was a shockingly hilarious conversation yeah. um and the 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 event the submittable event had had free beer um wow. but they bought the cheapest conceivable beer in cans and was were giving the beer away and they had a bunch left at the end of the night so rather than go out and spend more money we drank free canned beer and and miss misremembered jokes um and one of them i i have never i'd never heard before and i guess i still haven't heard it because lincoln didn't couldn't really remember it but mm-hmm. but uh and lincoln has a very deadpan kind of affect uh, but he's very funny so and the joke is essentially the setup is there's a very small, rural, very poor town mm-hmm. um, where there's nothing to do, almost no money to be made. Mm-hmm. People are just living living on the edge of poverty at all times, but they have one pleasure in life, and that is when the circus comes to town. And this one year, uh, word came ahead that this year there would be a talking horse. Mm. Um, and the part one of the and they're all it's a shaggy dog joke. So the that whole part is supposed to be you're supposed to fill in all the details of their poverty. You know you're supposed to go on and on about they're so poor that and then you d- describe some some example of comically a, a, you know uh, extreme privation. Right, flip phones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Four hundred one L accounts. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh about halfway through the joke then the circus shows up oh, and also everyone has you also have to describe all the things they had to sell uh, to afford tickets to the circus yeah and yeah. uh you know the, the the various the various uh obscure ways of earning a few pennies and they all arrive at the circus tent in their rags, and the, you go through the circus. And, of course, then you have to describe all the different acts at the circus and how they make the, the poor villagers feel. And then you get, finally, to the horse. The horse comes on, and the horse's handler um, gives a long, long speech. I'm sorry. It's much funnier to just, for, just no, to think good. about. I mean, it's, yeah. So you, the, and the, and the, uh, the handler gives a long speech about the uh about the amazing horse and the whole history of finding the horse and it's discovering that it could talk and then the kinds of things it liked to talk about and and finally the the handler asks the horse to speak and it puts a microphone in front of its mouth and it it doesn't speak and uh so he begins to uh to smack the horse in the face and mm-hmm. uh and the horse won't speak, and then you get you go through an escalating series of violent actions against the horse. Now he's whipping the horse, he's beating it. You know the horse it's collapsed to the ground, and he's over the horse. He's just pounding the horse in the face with his fist, and finally holds up the microphone to the horse, and the horse says, "Can I just die now?" <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the end of the joke. <laughs> I think I I think I cried for fifteen minutes laughing at this I, joke. <laughs> I love it. What was the part that that Lincoln couldn't remember? It was all the you know well oh, all I, the setup. I, I thought the, I was assumed that the the part he couldn't remember was going to be the punchline. Yeah, I don't know, he, which I was he, prepared for. The punchline yeah. the punchline was perfect. I think uh-huh. I actually, and he did it in a sort of in a sort of equine croak yeah. that was. Can funny. I just die now, Wilbur? <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me die. <laughs> Please kill me. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. Give uh, me the sweet sleep. <laughs> hey, Oski. Uh, hey, it's your birthday. You want to say hi to John on his on your birthday? Let him give you a birthday. Hello. Okay. Okay. He's game. Did he did he already get presents? Or are you gonna make him wait for the party? The presents are at two. <laughs> All right. The presents are already at the house. Yeah. Hey, Oski. What's up? Say hi to Johnny. He's got a mouthful of cookie. Are you eating a cookie? No. Happy birthday. A little shy. Yeah, he, I think he doesn't quite, uh, he doesn't have the, quite the, the podcast spirit. Doesn't yet. seem to understand podcasting. No. Three years old. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. I sure deserve it. Oh, God. Give me a break. I forgot that existed. Who was Nell on Carter? that show? Did you forget that Nell Carter existed? No, I didn't. You did. I didn't. Come on. You remember who else was in Give Me a Break? I'm about... I oh, it... don't remember anything else about the cast of Give Me a Break, although I know I watched it because I loved Nell Carter. Uh, it, also can, it also featured Dolph Sweet as police chief Carl Chief Kaniski. I think Dolph Sweet was one of the Armenian pastries. <laughs> I think you're right. And then he had a, he had a bunch of daughters, all of them with nicknames. Uh, Joey Lawrence is Joey Donovan. He only plays other Joeys. Um, Howard Morton is Officer Ralph Waldo Simpson, uh, a, a dopey but lovable police officer, a subordinate of the chiefs. It seems to all be cops. <laughs> it's Nell Carter and a bunch of cops. <laughs> Give me a break. You can have more. I don't, I don't know any of these people except for Nell Carter. Joey Lawrence. Oh, you're right. There he is. Did you say Molly Leach? Oh, no, no. It? What? What? Molly Leach was not in it. Who's Joey Donovan Lawrence? Leach? Joey Donovan? Joey. Well, he, he was like a, a, I don't know, kid star. Really? He was like, give me a break. <laughs> he's the guy from Give Me a Break. Yeah, he's a Give Me a Break guy. <laughs> Yeah, I pour. I need to pour some coffee here. Go for it. Close, close the Oscars door. All right, go for it. Now you're ready. Anyway, give me a break. Um, so the Minnesota was, was, was a lot of fun. I had a good time. It was good to see you. Yeah. And, likewise. and some of our crew, Alice, and it was nice to have a couple of, or at least one non AWP related, uh, lunchbox listener show up for our, our meetup. That's right. So, That's right. That guy, uh, what was his you, name? Thank you, brother. I think it was Tom. Yeah. Uh, and he came to the Okie Panky thing specifically because yeah. he liked lunchbox. That was fantastic. Yeah. Another, uh, lunchbox listener help with the move. Yeah. Uh, 
couple of uh, P- PSU students came out and helped us move things up to the apartment. <laughs> Good. Did they did they have to move Carla Damchik? No. He's was it isn't he permanently on your sofa now? Uh no, he has his own place. <laughs> oh, okay. He's, he's, right. he's on my sofa in Seattle. <laughs> I just wrapped him in those uh and yeah. those padded blankets and the the, the plastic tape, the plastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Carl, when in when in Portland, Portland area, Carl uh, is allowed to live in his own apartment. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. Although I, hope, I, I expect that he'll he'll probably get some couch space here uh, if he comes up for one of these uh, to to visit because um, it's a long. Let's see, it, it can be 20 minutes back to Portland. It can be an hour depending on traffic. Yeah, it's the suburbs, man. Um, no, no one's on the couches yet. We have the two couches are tastefully arranged. Yeah. The recliner is tastefully arranged in the kids' room, and we have a bed. We're sleeping in a bed for the first time in weeks. Oh I God! Pre- prematurely had the trash haulers haul off the old mattress up in Seattle <laughs> when it was convenient. It was actually a couple of weeks before the move, so we've been sleeping on couches. Oh, Ed. Floors and recliners for a while. Oh God! I'm so sorry. I'm I'm glad you're back in a bed. That's you belong in a bed at night. Am I a am I a beat poet? I wonder sometimes. What? what um, <laughs> I, I seem like I seem like I seem like I'm on the tramp, <laughs> moving from city to city. <laughs> Always writing, talking to you from a different place. Yeah, it's true. I think I'm one of these uh, one of these Ferlinghetti's. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, literary hobos with their flip phones calling yeah. me from whatever city the freight train stops in. Yeah. And one of these, uh, what are these beat poets they're talking about? <laughs> Who was it was telling me <laughs> that the th- the only thing they dislike about our podcast is when we do the when we do the mobster voice. <laughs> That's the only thing I. Hey, it's the best you know thing about this do? podcast. We do good. Come on, it's one thing we do good. You do it good, Johnny. You do it good. You do a good job. All right, here's here's something. Here's a disturbing. Here's a disturbing moment from AWP. Um, first of all, I just tweeted this morning that Alice. Every photo I have of Alice Boland, she's pointing at a man and explaining why he's mistaken <laughs> about something. Um, and one of the things that she accused us of uh, was repeating ourselves. I guess I was telling some anecdote. Uh, one anecdote. One yeah. anecdote. And she people. and she said, "John, you know you've told that story five times on the podcast." Yeah, it's the Werner Herzog story. The Werner Herzog story. Yeah, yeah. You need to tell it just in case people don't know that you have an anecdote involving Werner Herzog. <laughs> Even though I've never met him and was separated temporarily from him by an entire month, but uh, uh, I was a little, uh, I was a little, uh, I was a little hurt, a little disturbed. Am I getting old? It's, is it because it's we're an early old? sign of it's an early sign of dementia, John? Yeah. Or is it just that it's really hard to say different things every week for three years? <laughs> it's neither. We're getting younger, and I think that every time you retell that anecdote, it's different. <laughs> the way that whenever we re, whenever we return to a memory, that memory has changed. Oh my God! By the remembering, you're the best. By the remembering. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, truly, you're a great friend, Ed. Thank you. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I bet Alice is repeating herself right now. I bet she's doing it right now. What a what a cliche. Yeah, yeah. How many uh, times have I looked at a photo of uh, her messy bedroom? On let's the hear some more about. Let's hear some more about Taylor Swift. <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, I was trying to I was trying to get her to express some opinions about the new Taylor Swift album, and she she didn't rise to the bait. I think she actually does have some sense of of measure of her own topic administration. And also, and also she she actually she actually sort of subtweeted uh, the new Taylor Swift album the other day, pointed out that she tweeted some link that um, or screenshot of an article in which some kind of post in which Taylor Swift was saying what her own favorite lyrics are or was quoting herself was analyzing her own personality based on some lyrics of her of her own songs and uh alice pointed out number one they were all some of her best lyrics and number two none of them were from her most recent album the implication being that even taylor swift knows that her new album is not not up to snuff well it's just decorum (laughs) just decorum on whose part Um, on hers, you know, you don't want to brag too much on your own work. She's, no. She has uh, she has some restraint, old Taylor Swift. <laughs> here's here's something that happened since um, since we saw each other in Minneapolis. Yeah, is while the Pulitzer Committee snubbed um, many fine books, Mine for example, among it, them? it could have recognized your book in the could fiction have? category. Or uh, Ben Lerner's book in the fiction category. These are things that might have happened. Or any or a few other uh, friends whose uh, books were covered in the prize period. Mm-hmm. The prize period. <laughs> the pledge pin. You're in the prize zone. <laughs> uh, they, they did see it fit to recognize my old roommate Gregory Pardlow with the Pulitzer oh. Prize in Poetry for his, his book of poems, Pledge. I did not know that you knew him. He I was my roommate him. in Washington D.C. when ah. I lived at the Lenthal House for uh, for a year. Greg and I uh, we spent the whole year writing poems, eating cold pizza, watching Law and Order reruns, and uh, um, and that was the period in which he wrote these poems, for which the Pulitzer Committee so handsomely acknowledged him. So uh, they're they're effectively uh, acknowledging you. And your I like contribution to, think so. to Gregory like to think Pardlow's Sometimes the success of, of one's friends is a bitter pill. But <laughs> Not in, this, in case? this case? In this case, I feel uh, like, uh, I feel like uh, they did all right. All right. All right. Which, uh, should I, is there something I ought to link to in the show notes for, uh, for Gregory? There's some... some uh, here's, a, here's a poem of his. I'll, I'll link to this poem. Yeah. <clears throat> well, anyone hoping to... Um, by his book is somewhat out of luck because it was such a small run yeah. that um, it is out of stock um, instantly. And although they're reprinting it, um, uh, I think uh, people who want who want to acquire, to acquire the book instantly are, in order to keep up, um, are out of luck for a few weeks or, or longer because it was a, uh, a fairly small press and they'd already sold most of the books. So they'll get around to it. Good book. Uh, this is his what book? His second second book of poems. Mm-hmm. Interesting guy. Great. He was a good roommate. Love him. Love him dearly. Helped a lot with my rough day. Um, my last book was very much written in conversation with him. He grew up in Camden, New Jersey. Is that a place? Is that yes. right across from Philadelphia yep. or outside of Camden? That's where. That's the. That was uh, Walt Whitman's final home. Yeah. 
I went a and little... uh, went and toured his his ha- Walt, Walt Whitman's house. Not Gregory Pardlow's yet. Yeah. No. He uh, grew up there. Went uh, to a little bit of college. Didn't like that, so he went into the Marines, the Marine Corps Reserve. Then he went and lived in Denmark for a while. Um. And then he came back to Camden to help his grandfather run a jazz club. Ooh. And then at some point in his late 20s, he decided maybe he would go to college. He's, our, you know, our age, 40, you know. I, 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 I find that an admirable life path. And um, I've been thinking about um, un, unconventional uh, vectors through life because uh, our, our older son, Owen, is about to turn 18 it has no no plans to attend college in the immediate future. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the kind of activity I have with uh, Owen. Um, la- oh well, I'll tell you. Last night I went out to dinner with uh, with Lori Moore. Mm. And uh, like, I'll she I one gotta, of those beat poets. She 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 is a, she is a beat poet. Mm-hmm. Um, Tramping from town to town, was she, she reading the? She gave a reading. Through? Well, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story in a sec. But uh, but I was exhausted when I got home because there was I I introduced her at the reading and then um, uh, after the reading I you know she signed books and uh, talked to people and then we, we, Rain and I drove her and Allison our friend Allison Lurie down to the restaurant and we had dinner and then we had to drop everybody. Who off. I used to confuse the two of those for a long time. Really, Lurie Moore and Allison Lurie for some reason those. Those names are very identical. In, well, in and they, and they also write. Even though uh, I know that they're separated by a number of decades, they are similar. But they both write. Uh, they both write uh, social comedies. They write about the, uh, in part, about the lives of women. And they, uh, Lori was one of Allison's students in the eighties. So I'm not. I'm not crazy. No, no, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. I'm not uh, raving. But then I wanted to go to bed after this was all over because it was a long day, uh, and uh, but I couldn't because Owen had not come home. He had walked downtown, so I had to go back out and find him. And I found him at the uh, Sixth Naked Noise show, which is an electronic and and sort of well, it's a noise music, um, semi improvised noise music happening that happens in Ithaca every year. Is turned into kind of a big thing. It was packed, and I had to wander around this noisy room and then ended up finding Owen sitting cross-legged on the floor with a bunch of other teenagers who were just lying around absorbing the noise. And then I sat with him and for the last 15 minutes of the show. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, so um, this is one of those events where, the you know, the the uh, the it was for Cornell's Charter Day weekend for the 150th, the sesquicentennial anniversary of the university's founding. And Lori is one of the most famous writers who's graduated from our program. So she was invited to give a reading, not by creative writing, who's, you know, to whom she is much beloved, but um, in this particular instance, we had nothing to do with it. So back in September, someone asked me, someone from the, this dean who was running the, you know, the Charter Day stuff said, do you want to introduce her? And I said, yes, I would, I would love to. And that was six months ago, seven months ago, uh, and then I never heard from anybody again. So mm-hmm. I figured a few days ago, guess that's not happening, or they found somebody mm-hmm. else. Um, and then a friend of mine who had been volunteering to work on Charter Day said, "Hey, I'm, 
Lori's uh, handler, and it says here you're the faculty lead on this event, and that you are you've planned the event, and you're running the program, and you're arranging a dinner. And I had no idea what she was talking about, and I ended up. It turns out someone put me down as a thing called faculty lead without asking me mm-hmm. about that, and then over the, as the months went by, they began to add. <laughs> tasks to the job description of faculty lead, mm-hmm. a position that they, I think, made up on the fly. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the reading rolled around, I, I was running the event that I might not even have attended <laughs> if, yeah. it weren't for, if it weren't for uh, my friend Kate alerting me to the fact that it was my event. So With a one-day advance lead, two days? Uh, two days. Two days. Yeah, two days. Two days. Yeah. Anyway, it all worked out fine. Uh, Lori is a hero of mine, and I was delighted to get to meet her and hang out with her. I like her very much. And she gave a great reading, and then a bunch of us went out to dinner, and it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, I shouldn't involve Gina, who ne- never passed up a good dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rian and me, and Allison Lurie, and Lori, and our friend and advice columnist, uh, very well known advice columnist came Dan along. Landers. Well, <laughs> and about halfway through the meal, started asking for personal advice well, about oh. her own family life, and uh, <laughs> and it was great. We get, we spent half an hour giving her life advice. Yeah, no one had ever been so kind enough to return the favor. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Who will advise the advisor? So that was nice. It was a delightful irony. What sort of dinner was it? What sort of what did you have for food? It's at this place called Mia, which is sort of Asian fusion cuisine, and uh, I had some um, like a sashimi tuna. Nice, yeah, some yellowtail and uh, uh, something else. So a puff pastry with some duck in it. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I went to the Walrus and the Carpenter a few uh, nights ago. Yeah. Nice, uh, a, a, a often talked about restaurant in Seattle that I hadn't been to. Okay, Walrus and the Carpenter. I'm looking it up, and uh, it was okay. I was a little disappointed. Really, a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, had uh, some smoked trout was pretty good. All right, smoked trout over like some lentils. This is a tasty looking pile of fried fish in this photo. No, oh, it's it's well the graphic design around Wallace and the Carpenter is is the most delicious thing about it. <laughs> Had some octopus that was okay. Yeah. Had um the tiniest little piece of cheese. <laughs> that would have been good if there had been some more of it. Oh um, that's too bad. Um, uh at a, I just an aside at a, at a dinner I another dinner I was at the other night um, at a sort of fancy place mm-hmm. uh, they uh, there were plates when we arrived there were little plates with a little yellow triangle mm-hmm. on each on each plate and that was all that was on the table there was no basket of bread or anything it was just these mm-hmm. plates with a little yellow <clears> triangle and uh, everyone thought it was cheese and we all picked it up and ate it and it was butter it was soap. Butter. <laughs> it was butter. At least it wasn't soap. <laughs> no. This happened to me at weddings. A story I've told before. 
<laughs> see, see now we're it's so too, easy. We yeah. are too self-conscious because of Alice Bolin. I don't even want to talk. Yeah. I'm going to be one of these Armenian cliches. <laughs> Tell me a little more about that cliche. <laughs> you were so dismissive. It was terrible. <laughs> this man's family had suffered. Yeah. I don't mean to make light. I didn't mean in my dream to make light of the suffering of the Armenians. <laughs> no. I grew Did up you? with a lot of Armenians. Did you? Yeah. yeah. My brother Carl's best friend, uh, uh, Mike Zarkesian, and his parents lived nearby. Well, not nearby. But uh, Zark Zark was uh, over at the house all the time. With a Z or an or an S? The Z? Zarkesian. I was thinking of the Zarkesian? Uh, the video game critic Anita. Sarkeesian. I think it's a common Armenian name. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um had a good meal in uh uh Minneapolis after I saw you. Oh, where? Went with uh with my editor and a couple other poets to uh um a place called Burrow. Which turns out to be spelled like a New York City borough, or a Dane, uh, a Dutch borough. Oh, a B O R O U G H. I thought for a couple of days that it was called borough, like the, um, like a donkey. No, like a uh, like a hole in the ground. Oh, okay, and that we would be eating moles and grubs <laughs> um, and other things that burrow, uh, or maybe barrow. And we would be eating uh, the old weapons of the Geats <laughs> in our word hoard. Um, Forrest Gander, who was, was eating with us, uh, who, whose thoughts are often turned towards uh, Mexico and, and places south, assumed that it was called Barrio. <laughs> yeah. Because there is a place called Barrio um, in Minneapolis. It's very good. So he was looking forward to Yeah, I think I went, I went to Barrio, Barrio for lunch. Yeah, and it but was it's not the same it thing as borough. No, no, uh, yeah. it was good though. It was good. It could have been the Italian burro, could which have been is butter. <laughs> too pricey. Been a delicious restaurant. Uh, sometimes it's too pricey. Sometimes it's just pricey enough. <laughs> um, turns out it was borough, and it was good. So again, it had octopus. It had delicious octopus. It was like a huge octopus tentacle. Ooh. Like something out of the octonauts. One of the help, <laughs> one of the more helpful octonauts. <laughs> Did you eat outdoors? There's a photo here on the website of people enjoying an outdoor meal. We were indoors. It was a little it was a little crispy outside. Yeah. It's a little chilly. No we ate indoors. Had uh, some good octopus and some good pork belly. Mm-hmm. Um and uh one of those uh French seventy fives. Like a champagne Champagne gin cocktail. Oh, right. oh, all right. Oh, it was very good. Very good. I, I, I had a, I had a pretty good. Uh, um, what the hell was it called? Like a lavender rosemary gimlet last night. Yeah. Sweet and tangy cocktail. Lavender I li- I, and rose. I like rosemary. sweet cocktail. Rose water, sometimes. rosemary. Rosemary. That could if, be go either way. If uh, if it were at my uh, my favorite local bar, Bar Argos, they probably would have set that shit on fire before dunking it in there. But yeah. this this place didn't do that because it would have been a Dr Pepper shot. Did you have any Dr <laughs> Pepper shots with Lori with Lori Moore? <laughs> no, no, just some wine and cocktails. She's a teetotaler, though, isn't she? No, no, no she was she 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 drank moderately like the rest she of us. 
drunk as 10 graduate students? <laughs> no. No. You know, the, uh, the graduate students, I thought all the graduate students would come to this reading, but it turns out it was so complicated. It was because it was part of this crazy uh, anniversary weekend. All right, this is, I, I, I'm a little grumpy about this because the, it was sparsely attended. And Laurie could easily have drawn a very large crowd, um, especially in Ithaca, where she's much, uh, much beloved. And, uh, but what happened was you had, in order, the, you had to reserve, you had to make a reservation to go. And you couldn't make a reservation unless you had bought a $20 ticket for the entire weekend of Charter Day weekend events. But no one who's going to want to go see a literary reading is going to want to also go see the, you know, like the Cornell Orchestra and Glee Club play, like, you know, all the all the Cornell songs. And yeah. most of the people who come to town for that are not going to want to go to literary reading. So I finally just, before the thing, I said to the organizer, like, could we just, instead of, like, checking buttons to see if people have paid the, you know, the fee, could we just, um, could we just let everyone in? <laughs> And uh, I think I think she did. About, about a bunch of graduate students did come in towards the end, and and they were but you know so, they were all dressed up. Yeah. They were really excited, yeah. and they tried to register, and they couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah, but let, we never charge for literary readings and creative writing, and it's it seemed like oh that would be a that would be a bad <laughs> no that would be bad. I mean, it would be good in that it would might discourage people from going, and if there were some bad ones, you would have kept some people from sitting. Through some boring readings, but I wouldn't. I don't think you all would have a boring reading. No, boring so, reading. No, no, that's for Sometimes others. Sometimes when we have like a, you know, when Salman Rushdie was here and when Margaret oh. Atwood was here, we had tickets, Snorfests. but they were tickets, but they were free. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, um, the the other thing I noticed about AWP, um, clear eyeglass frames were a happening. I was not the only one. It seems to be a trend now. So Mark Doten had on a pair, and uh, Dobby Gibson had a pair on, and uh, uh, Lisa Lucas from Granica Mag had a had a pair on. So I was feeling kind of hip. Yeah, kind of hip. With I my think clear you, need, you need to have a pretty serious. It seems like like I I have a light prescription. Yeah, right? I can if I don't wear my glasses, I can still get around. I wouldn't want to drive without them, but I'm you know. They're not a problem, and so the the lens is 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 doesn't seem like it'd be thick enough to be worth having. It seems like like those look best with a thick lens. Maybe. Well, my sense. my particular ones have very thick frames. Um, they're yeah. al- they're almost like safety goggles. But the the other the other people's were a slightly different style from mine, and yeah. probably would have accepted uh, thin um, thin lenses. Without no. too much trouble, but I'm I'm helpless without eyeglasses, so I um I need a man. Yeah, I understand. I respect that. I <laughs> bought nothing at uh, AWP. Yeah, I returned with nothing, with no books, no magazines, no um tote bags. Really? Jill was very disappointed that I didn't bring any tote bags back. <laughs> I was instructed to bring back tote bags. I brought nothing. Brought nothing back. I had a good okay, time. Well, so, but... did am I imagining this, or did you? Were you at some point passing out um, granola bars? I was. Yeah, yeah I, had, I, had, I had my pockets full of granola bars, and uh, and I was uh, handing them out. People looked a little hungry. It was <laughs> it was sort of you know the dinner hour, yeah. and people weren't eating. And I thought that uh, you could help. They might want a little snack. <laughs> I was out with Reen the other night, and I 
put on a sweater that I hadn't worn since AWP, and I reached into the pocket and found a granola bar wrapper and yeah. uh, the wrapper to uh, a a chunk of uh, buffalo jerky that I remembered I got from from, uh, from Alyssa Washuda. Alyssa. Yeah. yeah, but the but the but I had a vaguer memory of the granola bar, and I wasn't sure. I think I thought it was you, so I'm glad you're confirming this. Yeah, that was about the same time. Yeah, of, of, of the evening. Did you have your little airport booze bottles with you? I didn't. I don't think I saw no. them. No, no, and I didn't feel uh, too bereft. I, I uh, <laughs> didn't really get my didn't get too deep in my cups at any point. Although last night I, I stayed up late, stayed up till three or four in the lobby of the. Of the Marriott or wherever everybody was, Hilton, the Hilton, the Hilton. Man, that having, last night I a great a great time, but not not having much to drink, just uh, buoyed along on on just the excitement of of uh, seeing um, good friends who I love and think about often, but only get to see every couple of years, and singing singing a little doo-wop harmony with the poet Mark Halliday. Oh, really? oh, I didn't get to meet Mark. We sang a little bit of the there. elegance little star. And, uh, very good. So, uh, overall, uh, we're, are, we're, uh, lunchbox podcast is pro AWP. I think, I think you yeah. had a good time. You as go long to as you don't, go to, don't go to too many panels, you know, you're I, fine. I went to zero panels. I went to one panel the every year, Stanley Plumley, Carl Phillips, David Baker and Megan O'Rourke <clears throat> have a, a panel on, on some poet and they actually prepare and think about it and are thoughtful people. Yeah, and so they had a, a, a each gave a little little talk about Gwendolyn Brooks, my ah. fellow Topeka. Lovely, um, and it was great. It brought me to tears. Plumley talked at the end about when Gwendolyn Brooks came to the University of Maryland in his first year there, hundred years ago, and that she was greeted um, with a bouquet of flowers by a, one of the Maryland basketball players, um, who uh, then also danced with her at the thing afterwards, and that. That basketball player was Len Bias, who died a week afterwards. Oh, God. But it was an unexpected. And as soon as I I sort of slow, before he said the name, I was slowly putting it together. Oh, my God. It's like mid 80s basketball player who was, who had been signed to the, to the the NBA and was going to be the next Michael Jordan. I was like, oh, that's, I think I know. It sort of hit me right before he said it that it was. The, the tragic story of Len Bias and then um, this beautiful image of Len Bias and Gwendolyn Brooks uh, uh, dancing. I'm not seeing a photo of it, sadly, on the internet. I could, maybe it wasn't photographed. Of the two of them? I don't yeah. Think. Someone should have thought to snap a picture. Oh. Len Bias and Gwendolyn Brooks. Yeah, wow. Uh, so, um, speaking of... Uh, African-American writers of great skill, I read and absolutely am blown away by um, Delicious Foods. No, I'm so glad. Wow. It's really good. Yeah. It's really unusual and really, really good. Yeah. So I'm very excited uh, about it, and I'm excited about um, his existence in the the literary. He's got one other. He's got a a previous volume. Oh, does he really? Yeah, God says no. Did you have you read it? I have. It's a little more ribald. <laughs> All right. Um, it's, it's it's different. This has more breadth. Okay. 
But he took ago. ten years, you know, ten years with this one. So how you met very him? Very sad right? story, of Did course. Did you give a I reading mean, with him? Uh, you mean the delicious foods? Delicious or? foods, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not 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 James Hanahan's rise to to popularity. No, his, his story is fine. He's a <laughs> d- delightful, handsome man who uh, uh, leads, I think, a fabulous life. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful man. Uh, the the cover of this book. Oh no, okay. There's a, a very oh, but he's, strange. Did you get? Did you figure out the connection between the cover? So the cover of Delicious Foods. Did you read the book or physical book or the electronical? I read the electronical. I, I mean, I've seen the cover, of course. The, the cover, is it, right? Is it a Kara the, Walker uh, drawing? Turns out they're cousins. No, no way. That's his cousin. And the book, oh to, uh, he says, is is uh, is really in dialogue with her. Wow, I sure believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really that makes interesting. sense, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, it does. Because mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, the whole idea that a bunch of crackheads are rounded up and essentially enslaved on a plantation where they're forced to pick watermelon all day. It's Which like is true. Really? I mean, it's true. I mean, like, I mean, the you know, the it's as true as Happy Land is true. I okay. mean, the, okay. the the triggering of you know, there there were. That that is that is true. That the crackheads are being rounded up and being turned essentially into slaves, um, in in the South during the nineties, uh, nineties, maybe even now, or you know, just yeah. the homeless people being forced, being tricked and duped, uh, right. to essentially into being slaves. Maybe they wouldn't know that that was what they might not use that word, but that's mm-hmm. what's what's happening. It's that's that's actually occurred. Yeah. But he, he's I think he is using uh he's using sort of politically incorrect African American iconography and to express something important in the same way that Walker yeah. is um yeah. with her uh, with her silhouettes. I as soon as I saw that cover I was like, "Ah, yeah, someone's that's just a takeoff on Kara Walker." And then I saw on the back he was he had thanked her. So yeah. uh but it, I didn't imagine they were related. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's so good. It's so it's so moving and funny and strange, uh, and I, I, I thought the, um, the uh, the guy who was running the place I can't remember his name all of a sudden, um, and how the the he was in the in the mansion like you know uh, pretending the computer was broken so that he could sleep with the uh, with the protagonist's mother. Just and then the whole the whole third of the novel that's narrated by Crack narrated by Crack who who is uh, so good who is uh, very uh, articulate. <laughs> that's a that's a problematic uh, problematic yeah. characterization, Ed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I just very uncrack like. I mean, I mean. Well, I had I had just gotten to that chapter. Uh, I was at, I was at AWP. I was sitting at the Electric Literature booth with Lincoln, uh, Michelle, and um, I said, "Oh man, have you read?" Delicious foods. He's like, yeah, I just finished it. Or no, it was I was Ben uh, Samuel from yeah. Electric Literature, and he said, yeah, I just finished it. And I said, I just got to that part where there's this weird narrator. Is he a pimp or something? And he and he gets this big smile on his face, and he says, No, it's not a pimp. Do you want to know what it is? And I was like, Yes. He says, It's crack. Yeah. Well, he's like, it's like the snake or you know Milton Satan. Yeah. And that in order for it to work, he has to be. Or pimp has to be persuasive and charming, and self-aware, and and a little and and uh, sympathetic. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, very much so. We have to understand him. 
Yeah, I, I think it's story. I think it's it's just straight yeah. up brilliant, and I yeah. hope it wins a, a shit ton of of meaningless awards. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> when I, I, I got a good recipe. Oh, let's hear it. This is from uh, the guitar player Little Freddie King, New Orleans Little Freddie King. Yeah. He was asked in an interview <clears throat> um, what his favorite recipe is. He says, I don't have a recipe, but I'll tell you how to reheat French fries late at night. <laughs> Wait, were you getting this online or are you reading it? No, up this is from this magazine I picked up so I have during, to read during the move called <laughs> Big City Rhythm and Blues. <laughs> All right. It's a magazine. It's got uh, Kermit Ruffins on the cover uh, in front of uh, – uh, uh, the Ernie Cato's mother-in-law lounge, which Kermit now uh, owns. Well, you know, I want to know. I want to know how he reheats French fries because uh, in this era in which Five Guys is the default fast food place for us, we always have extra French fries. I'll and tell you, he says, and get they're a, very get a, delicious fast food French fries. Yeah, get a pot and put a half water and have it come to a boil. Then put a spaghetti strainer on top. Throw the fries in and cover for two minutes. Really? Yeah. They come out better than when you got them six hours ago. So get a pot, put half water. So the, 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 the fries aren't in water. You're steaming them. Yeah, but don't Steam. they get all floppy? Don't you want them crispy? Two. I don't know, man. <laughs> Throw the fries in, cover them for two minutes. Don't leave them in for like an hour. It's like two minutes. All right. They come out better than when you got them six hours ago. Basically, I'm a crockpot junkie, he says. everything. Little Freddie <laughs> King is about 90 years old. He says, uh, everything goes in the crock. I used to cook on a stove, but I'd come home late from a show with some food. I'd start cooking, go watch TV. TV was watching me, and I'd fall asleep and burn the food. <laughs> One time I was running around at the neighbors thinking someone was on fire, and then I went back home and saw it was me that was burning. So I just crockpot now. I do a mean chicken dance on slow. It falls off the bones, but I do love Wacko's wife's red beans and rice. When I see Wacko knocking on my door, he's got food from his wife with him. I'll uh, occasionally let him in. <laughs> Great. They this this magazine does have a. Uh, um, this is. Did you say this was Kermit Ruffins? Who is Kermit this? Ruffins on the cover? Yeah, Kermit. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, well, not a great trumpet player. A great entertainer who plays the trumpet pretty well. Sings pretty good. Yeah, this magazine actually has a like circa two thousand one designed web website. It's kind of much like the magazine itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a uh, and the logo, the Big City Rhythm and Blues. Uh, the the rhythm and portion of the title is blinking on and off. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. Good. It turns out, despite the design, a good little magazine. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Good. If you like that, if you like uh, New Orleans music, I think it's covers. It's, it claims to cover music from the Motor City, the Windy City, the Music City, the River Cities, and the Crescent City. It's the big city. Big city rhythm and blues. Wait, which is so the Crescent City? That's New Orleans is the Crescent City. Oh, all right. Well, then what's the music uh, city? Is Detroit the music city? I think it's Nashville, Memphis. Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the goddamn Memphis. music city. Come on. Memphis, I would think. <laughs> and then the river cities. Any city on a river. <laughs> like it's like Phil the, Phillipsburg, it's New like, Jersey. It's like the order of boarding, you know. 
Motor City, Windy City, Music City, Crescent City, and then all other cities. <laughs> that's right. That cities on the lake. Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> May now board. Cities on the lake, cities on the river. No inland lake cities. cities. Yeah. yeah. No inland cities. My father uh, can recite the in a kind of with a kind of a rhythmic clapping dance chant kind of way can recite all the states in their capitals and it, he he was taught in school to recite the name of the city uh then the state and then the body of water upon which the capital lies oh and he does a little shuffle and claps and i i'll have to i'll have to make a video of this um as as my parents get older, I realize I have to. It's time to capture some of the um, yeah. You can put that behind a paywall. And I'll, I'll pay to see that <laughs> little shuffling. <laughs> but the uh, every once in a while, um, he's forced to say inland because <laughs> there are some capitals that aren't on aren't on rivers or yeah, lakes. Bismarck might be inland. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. actually, what does he do with Madison? Because Madison is on two lakes, Mendota. And uh, Monona. I don't know, man. It's your dad. <laughs> I have to ask him. I'm going to see him at the end of the week. My, my folks are. Are coming they coming to... up? Yeah, they're coming up. Well, there's 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 several purposes to this. There's a bunch. Of, there's a cluster of birthdays. Um, my uh, Toby is going to be 15. I'm going to be 45. My mother's going to be what? However old my mother is, uh, maybe 70. And so. Uh, we are, they're going to come up, and we're going to do a little multi-birthday thing at the end of the week. And it also happens to be the date of the first of two Story Mountain Sweetheart Band farewell shows. This well, oh, nice. Friday, May 1st at the Argos Inn, the acoustic one. Um, so they're coming up for that. And I also, I want them to bring all of the uh, family photo albums. My father did mm. not keep any of the negatives. Um, thinking they wouldn't be of use, because um, what I had taken up the practice of finding old negatives and then getting them scanned by this company in Seattle that I've mentioned on the podcast before, and then oh, they do it from negatives too. Yeah, they do it from negatives. And um, but my dad doesn't have the negatives, so I want him to bring the albums. I'm going to take the photos out and scan them on a flatbed scanner, and then I will have copies. They'll be safe in the event of fire, and I can have digital copies of them that I'll actually look at on my phone mm-hmm. instead of because I realize that's the only. Topic. You can manipulate them and change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Switch perceptions heads. and memories. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, put celebrities mm-hmm. in the background. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're br- I, they've agreed to bring me the uh, to bring me the. Um, photo Add Nell Carter to all of them. <laughs> now that would be a project I could get behind. Mm-hmm. Adding Nell Carter to my child family photos. Plus Nell Carter. Break. Give me a break. Do you um, ever think erotically about the waitress on the cover of the um, Super Tramp album, Breakfast in America? I haven't, I haven't lately, but um, I'm sure I have. Hold on. Breakfast in America. Let's check her out. Oh, she's she's kind of matronly, but very enthusiastic looking. So I think she's she'd be. I could go age for appropriate. That, sure. I think she'd be she's age appropriate now, John. <laughs> Crush for me. She's probably about thirty eight. You're right. You know I mean, she's if anything, she's a little young for me. <laughs> okay, that's more of a beginning of the podcast question. 
But, it's, uh, a, it's more of an end of the friendship question. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's another question for you. Oh, no. Would you we're ever so, date, so, a, so would you ever date a woman who looked like Tommy Lasorda? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If she had a good heart, sure. And this is, a, this is maybe this is more of a question for our listeners, but which <laughs> Muppet would you sleep with last? <laughs> last? Yeah. <laughs> John Denver. <laughs> this is after you've slept with all the other Muppets. Did you? Did you? Not, not not the one that you would be least likely to, but the one that you would whose intimacy you would. You'd wish delay. to linger in your memory the most, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe you want to save. You remember your first and your last. Maybe maybe I'm saving Miss Piggy for the end. Just because. No. There's a lot of Muppets, John. There's a lot of Muppets. This discussion for another time, perhaps. I don't think it is, friend. Oh, I, I, yes. don't, I don't think it's for any Next time. week on Lunchbox. <laughs> did you just did you just make up that test, or is this something you've that you've this a question you've asked around the campfire before? Um, sometimes we're like a, a a single friend, and they're like uh, <laughs> we're talking about like who who set them up with. These are some questions I like to ask. <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, you put some of these answers together, and I can put together a dating profile for you. Do, do you uh, do you know um, do you know uh, Eddie the Chief Clearwater and his new album Soul Funky? <laughs> no, is this you're just learning about this through the Big City Rhythm and Blues magazine? Yeah, I clicked I clicked an ad and I've gone to uh listen to clips from tracks on Eddie's new CD Soul Funky. And he uh this has got to be a um this has got to be a Mardi Gras parade re- reference cuz he's he's an African American blues musician who's wearing a giant Native American headdress. Okay, yes, that'd be a, a Mardi Gras Indian thing. I hope. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> I just love the design of these web pages. It's you know, it's it's definitely the Soul Funky page is very much like the Big City Rhythm and Blues page. It's yeah. really, really, really lost in time. It's old, old timey internet. Wait, was it Eddie Eddie Wilson? No, Eddie What's Clearwater. Eddie the Chief Clearwater. Mm, don't know if he's. I have a great deal of respect for the actual Mardi Gras Indians and in that tradition, but. The representations of them and the uses of their images are sometimes uh, <laughs> disrespectful to everybody involved. <laughs> to everyone, exactly. Yeah. His some well, of I don't songs. Be, I don't. Th- I think it's it's actually a, a a serious and solemn enough and old enough tradition that I don't like to see it misused or yeah. overused. Well, this um, he- and then and taken out of context, it's just puzzling and offensive. Yeah, I, 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 I think as soon as I saw this photo, I, I slotted it in where I think it, it comes from. So, but some of well, his that songs might be the guy from War. Is that this, this guy? This might be. This might be one of the a guy from the band War. All right, hold on. Let's. Um, you remember War? I'm Cisco googling kids? him more broadly now. Eddie Clearwater, Wikipedia. Um. Eddie the Chief Clearwater is the stage name of Edward Harrington, an American Chicago blues musician. Blues? No, he's not from New Orleans. Blues Review says Eddie plays no business wearing that. Joyous rave ups. He testifies with stunning soul fervor and powerful guitar. Um, uh, he's he's a Chicago blues guy. Mm. 
um, changed his name several times, and uh, and now he's here in his headdress, clapping his hands. <clears throat> you can give him a list. I sh- I will. Do you want to hear some of his song titles? Uh, too yeah. old, too old to get married. Mm. It's one of them. Um, <laughs> please accept my love. I think those are mixed messages there. Find you a job. <laughs> I like it. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Find you a job. And soul funky. It's just an EP. No, it's a whole album. The two singles. They're long songs. <laughs> no. They're no. fifteen minute songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'll 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 link to this. I'm not listening. I'm listening to find you a job. All right, yeah. Let me. It's eight minutes long. Find you a job. <laughs> that sounds like that's the job. It's hard to find right, about it. It is you on it's, a job. It's, make, it's listening to that song. It's the job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Here I got it now. Hold on. Yep. Uh, that's that's f- familiar riff. Yep. Yeah. Well, you um so Rian is going away in a few hours. She's going on a um writing retreat. Oh nice. She's booked uh, herself cabin in, in the woods. Uh Airbnb in Geneva, not Switzerland, New York. She's she's heading out of town to uh finish a novel. Very good. Which I've read a draft of and it's very good. I'm not at liberty to say anything more about it, but it's very good. Well, I hope she has a nice, uh, nice retreat. How's yours? You've been uh, working on yours. I wrote a draft. Yours just got back to it. I'm on to. I'm on to draft three. I thought I had given the book to you, um, Adam Price, my bandmate, Adam Price, um, Sharma, Vincent Price, and Vincent Price, and uh, Laurel, Laurel Lathrop, and the four of them gave what at the time I met with them what I mm-hmm. thought were contradictory uh, advice. But then after a few weeks, I took a deep breath and compiled all the notes. And in fact, a, a clear picture emerged almost immediately. So Really? Yeah. So, uh, so I combined all the notes into one big document, and I'm just going through it, doing the stuff. I'm doing Sweet. The stuff. Well, that's great. Yeah, I'm kind of excited now. So I will I'm excited be, to read it. I'll be working on it all day tomorrow. Can you do a Vincent Price impression? Um, what's I'm trying to remember his thriller speech. That was him, right? Darkness falls yeah. across the yes. land. Mm-hmm. Something I can't. Yeah, I can't. Oh, come on. You're the one who brought up. Um. Yeah, he had a certain... <laughs> Yeah, the. I mean, I'm giving him too much of a lisp, but there's a little bit of a lisp. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm, yes. Mm. And every every winter, the penguins return to their return to their ice-bound homes. At <laughs> 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 the battle, at the battle of Bull Run. General Lee watched with horror as his troops were overrun. It was the darkest days of the Civil War. 
There's a little, there's a, more than a little Truman Capote in there too. Yeah, from uh, from Murder by Death. No, no, uh, no. That's Motor. That's Motorhead. Is it not? <laughs> I don't believe uh, that's Motorhead killed by, in the killed film. By death. Murder by Death. No, uh, the Truman Capote of uh, the Child's Christmas in Wales. That's Dylan Thomas. Dylan, not Dylan Thomas. Not a Child's Christmas in Wales. Uh, You're thinking a of Christmas, Bob Dylan. A, a Christmas memory. I think it's a Christmas memory, right? Wasn't that Capote? And uh, he narrates the film of this. Didn't you ever see this? I didn't see it. I know the story, and that's not quite the title of it. A Christmas Memory is a short story by Truman Capote, and there is a. It's on YouTube. It is. Um, it's a forty-five minute short film, uh, in in like f- you know the old television four by five uh, aspect ratio that is narrated by Truman Capote, in which he talks. Not about penguins, uh, very much the way you were just talking. Mm-hmm. And I'll link to it. It's a, it's classic. Rian, I didn't know it existed until Rian told me about it when we first met. A Christmas memory. I do know the difference. Oh. The difference between Dylan Thomas and Truman Capote. But have you ever seen Murder by Death? I haven't. Let me go click that. I just sent it to you, Wikipedia. You That's a Truman Capote. The, did you didn't just give me the finger, did you? No, I was reaching my hand towards oh, you like all right, all right. this living hand. Uh, Murder by Death, uh, in which uh, Truman Capote assembles. Uh, I think Vincent Price might be in Murder by Death. It <laughs> uh, looks like one of the, one of the great Coke-approved uh, films of the seventies. Wow! Uh, Eileen Brennan, Truman Capote, James Coco, Peter Falk, Alec Guinness, Elsa Lanchester, David Niven, Peter Sellers, Dame Maggie Smith, Nancy Walker, of short stature, Estelle Winwood. Written by Neil Simon. Wow. Um, yeah. Yes, and Truman Capote assembles everyone and has a dinner in which he <laughs> describes what Ecru Poirot, Miss Marple, Charlie Chan, Nick and Nora, and Sam Spade uh, have been uh, brought there to do. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I, I, am, I will link to it. I, will link to I, thought, it. Vincent, I thought Vincent Price was... Uh, connected as well well maybe this is why you maybe this is why a little capote crept into your price because you thought they were both involved with this movie i like to have a little capote in my price you got your price in my capote mm-hmm. uh all right you ready to wrap this up uh either that or go longer so i think probably wrap it up <laughs> all right have a have a good uh, child's birthday party i will <laughs> all right see you later buddy see ya Are you hungry for lunch? Well then let's have lunch Do you want some lunch? Well then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with Ed and John That's right, it's time for lunch